0: Hello and welcome, my name is Chris Lewis from Archer and Chartered Accountants and you're listening to our brand new podcast series, Building Your Business. We've launched this podcast series to help simplify some of the complex challenges that occur when owning and operating a business and to assist business owners to better understand the inner workings of their organisation regardless of which industry you operate within. Every month, we'll be releasing a new episode featuring guests from industry, as well as Archer-Gowlin directors Ian Walker and Smulian-Jankovic to provide their commentary on a variety of business and commerce topics, alongside expertise surrounding accounting, taxation, business strategy, and business management issues. Welcome to our podcast series, Building Your Business. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Lewis from archer and Chartered Accountants, and welcome to our very first episode of our podcast series, Building Your Business. We've launched this podcast series to help simplify some of the complex challenges that occur when owning and operating a business and to assist business owners to better understand the inner workings of their organization. For our first guest uh, today, I'm pleased to be joined by Nikki Lonigan, CEO of Arches, the Strata Professionals, to discuss her views on successful staff management and empowerment and how business leaders can implement strategies to get the best out of their employees. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you, Chris. Lovely to be here. As some background, Nikki has over 15 years experience as a senior leadership professional working for national organisations within the professional services sector. In this time, she has over nine years experience within practice leadership and COO positions, reporting directly to a board of directors. 12 months ago she joined leading body corporate and property management firm Arches The Strata Professionals as Chief Executive Officer responsible for business and people operations across six offices throughout Queensland and responsible for 80 staff. Uh, I guess just to begin with, uh, what led you to Arches uh, 12 months ago?
1: Well, funnily enough, um, I'd been in uh, insolvency and as a as an accountant for some time, yes, uh, just under twenty years in that industry, and I had made the shift around five years ago to go into operational management, so to grow purposely grow the insolvency firm that I was working in with that group of leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to the point where I really did want to champion growth strategies and 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 put the. The, uh, the the knowledge of how to grow and scale a business that I'd learned over that time into a different industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, gave my notice and and look for CEO positions in in dynamic and growing industry. Luckily enough, there was a position going at Arches and I was um, also afforded the opportunity.
0: Terrific. Ah, very nice. And that's been 12 months now, or just over?
1: Well, I, I started on the 4th of February last year. And I tell you, when I got to the 4th of February this year, I was very pleased. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you, you spoke about uh, empowering staff and growth strategies because that's something that I'd really like to, to talk to you about today and, and that's going to be the focus of this first uh, first series here because uh, obviously you've had a lot of experience in dealing with that on a, a day-to-day level. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really interested to, to hear um, some of your, I guess, best practice methodology and some key um, leadership points, uh, especially Great. for um, those out there with smaller to medium-sized businesses because I think that's a a big topic that is is very much on their minds and and will be, because of the beginning of the year will be something that they look to implement across the, the
1: year ahead absolutely and i think we've all come from i know myself i'm in my mid-40s and the the method of empowering staff was very different when we all started in professional services it was all about um monetary reward and i i do believe that's shifted somewhat mm-hmm. and to activate your employees now takes a lot um a lot of different uh, strategies that you need to apply where they see value in it Um, I know myself uh, I was brought up through the additional uh, sorry traditional accounting firm Mm -hmm. where you grind your people at the bottom and they work all of your hours and they're your arms and legs and (laughs) and they're lucky to have a job (laughs) and whilst um, there's merit in that and and it definitely um, was something that that taught me a lot about myself I would like um, the employees of Arches to to feel empowered and to feel supported. Terrific. So one of the key things that I find really important when I'm talking about this sort of stuff is that it it doesn't come naturally. You don't get born with all of the skills to be able to know how to manage and how to lead properly. Mm -hmm. And I know myself, I've done quite a lot of mentoring and I've been mentored. And and that connection with others that have done better and have tried it and failed or tried it and succeeded, um, that's essential to be able to become a good leader and to be open to that experience. So there's there's no right one way to do anything yep. um, and it's very important that you know your employee and you know that what your staff actually want to be able to do their job to the best of their ability.
0: Absolutely and of course creating that buy-in as well and, and I think we'll touch on that uh, across the episode and um, hopefully hear more in that respect. So uh, I guess to, to start us off, um, you know, you've worked for a variety of, of different businesses. In, in your opinion, how important is it for an organization's leadership? Team uh, to be active in driving that culture and, and striving towards a very successful vision and, and engaging the staff to, to be
1: able to go on and achieve that. Quite simply, if you don't have your leadership team all rowing in the same direction, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. And, and you know, it should be where every part of your leadership team have got some element of your vision or your value set or your mission statement that they hook into because then they can drive that authentically. Absolutely. If you don't have everybody rowing in the same direction, it will absolutely 100% crash and burn. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great analogy to put it as because, yeah, of course, when you're out there rowing, you need everybody going in that same direction. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Um, and therefore, obviously, when everyone's on the same page, that's where the business moves forward and really drives success.
1: Agreed, yeah.
0: terrific. So uh, how important would you also say is leadership and members of a leadership team being seen on a day-to-day basis or having um, that open door
1: access? Mm. Well, I know that... Um I've always been very fortunate to have um, mentors mm-hmm. that have uh, afforded me the time that I've needed to grow as an individual, yeah. both um, within my workplace and then externally that I've paid for in terms of uh, leadership mentoring that I've sought and, and, and bought. Um For me, and specifically at Arches, I want everybody to feel shoulder to shoulder with me Mm -hmm. and that I will do anything to get the job done and support them. So an example is, if you have a committee that you may have been assigned that role uh, in your portfolio because somebody has left or or for whatever reason, you've been handed a very difficult committee or the committee just hasn't been getting the support that they need uh, from their management team and you're in there to try and fix it. Well, well you try, you try, you try, you go to your office manager, that, that hasn't hasn't resonated for whatever reason. Bring me in. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've gone to many meetings where I've had to sit there and, and be told that Arches hasn't done this or Arches hasn't done that. And and you know a client that is talking to you about the problems that they have is still a client that you can retain. Absolutely. And and if, if the body corporate manager hasn't got the right support or they're held to account for something that's been done previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to feel like they have, they can escalate it all the way up, and I'll, I'll go to their meeting. So I went to a meeting um, uh, when I was down at Tallabudjara camping, uh, and it was at Burley Palms. And I had spoken to the to the chair prior, and he had some real concerns, and, and we talked them through um, over the phone. And when we went to the meeting, I, I was very grateful that they allowed me to participate as an observer, and um, a- and wherever I could offer any assistance to, to be able to, to, to mediate. Uh, and I believe that that meeting went quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have, we have retained them. I'm very lucky um, to have retained them as a client. And I hope that we can continue to work together to get the, the cohesiveness in their community because that's what we want to help facilitate. Absolutely. So um, being shoulder to shoulder, being available and knowing that you're able to be brought in I think is a big thing for the staff because they know, okay, well, I'm going to try because I don't want her on all my committees that I may have an issue with. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, but she's there if I need her. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I guess that also leads into to something else we'll discuss as well and, and that empowering the staff and, and if they can see that they have your backing as well, yes. that's going to help them move forward yes. um, both for the business, um, like you say, obviously retaining that client and, and yep. building on that relationship, um, but also uh, the employee as an individual you know, their growth is going to come about as a result of that as well. Correct, um, correct. Yeah, it's really great to to hear that and hear a a first-hand example um, of that sort of case and and how that's helped to to the better.
1: Yes. Mm. Well, let's hope, Um, you know, we we still have touch base and we still have put a lot of time and we'll continue to to try to service belly palms the way that they'd like it. And let's hope we retain them as a client because I know they've got a lovely committee there.
0: Yeah, terrific. Okay. And in terms of... Setting a vision for a business as well. Uh, what are some of the strategies that leadership teams can come in and, and implement um, to ensure that a lot
1: of the staff
0: buy into that particular vision and, and continue on that journey?
1: That is probably one of the hardest things for a, a company to do. Mm-hmm. Their words on paper with pretty things around them. And once you've done them, it looks so simple. Yes. So what we went through is um, every year um, uh, the leadership team before I started would put out a strategy document and would also have have a a mission statement. Mm -hmm. It had a lot of words and it it was never really diluted down to a one-pager. And um, they already had uh, the the, uh, emotive connection to the words, which is probably the hardest part. Um, They already had the bones of everything, all I had to do was be able to refine it and dilute it into one page or something that was visually recognisable. Mm-hmm. So at our um, annual strategy day, which occurs every November, where every single staff member uh, goes to a, a whole day. Yes. Gets yep. a half a day of um, inspirational uh, talking about a certain element of our business that we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. We we also do um, practical examples. So last November we worked on as small groups. So there was eight groups of ten. Um, as and we worked on a customer service vision. Okay. Terrific. So difficult. It was hours, and even after that, we then have spent. Uh, Several hours just with the um, leadership group, which is 13 Mm -hmm. key key people, to be able to come up with, um, and I'm pointing for those listening, I'm pointing (laughs) to a one page which has our mission statement, our vision statement. What's most apparent about the document that we chose was the values that we stand for. Absolutely. So we want to focus on our employee having the value set of trust, integrity, respect, professionalism and reliability and those in turn if you have all of your interactions having one or more of those values in mind you're going to be able to meet our mission statement and our vision which is a vision is to grow um, but our mission is very important it's sort of our customer service vision which is that we're trusted strata professionals we collaborate with our clients to to, to achieve their individual ambitions because not all of our stakeholders are only committees. Mm-hmm. We also have developers that we help um, in, in the development of strata strata title communities. Yes. Um, also, uh, on-site caretakers and, and management really play a massive part in, in developing these um, collaborative communities. Absolutely. So we have a variety of stakeholders. So that's why it's so hard to do a customer service vision. We have so many customers. Yes,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, and because they're so different as well, you want to make sure that there is things that can help um, be appropriate across the board. Correct. Um, but you also want to tailor it yes. yeah, as well in, in instances, but you want to make sure that it's universal for, for all the clients. And, and okay. looking at it here as well, uh, the, the <laughs> values, they're very prominent and yes. it's it's terrific to see because when staff see that, yes. um, they know straight away what the, the company is all about but what, yes. what you're also looking to achieve down and, the
1: track. And I think the, the second line is is the most important for our staff which is that we take pride in creating harmonious communities through supporting the owners and the committees with our leading expertise, our um, experience and our professionalism. Mm-hmm. So I think for me that's that's the line that really resonates with, with the core staff. Um, and and so that's the first one's for the client yes. and the second one is for us. Okay. So we, we try to really put the emotive words that, that bring to the surface why we do what we do mm-hmm. and why we love it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and would you also say that your vision as well, it can be formed about telling a story about what the business is all about and where you want to go um, in the future?
1: Yes. Um, and, and look, when it comes to, to the vision, We we see ourselves on the horizon as X and, yes, it is to do with lot numbers and all those other aspects. But there's also, when you talk about the story, we want the life of the building from inception to to infinitum. Yeah. Um, for the value to be retained for the owners, so you know, we take that commitment in a ro- in a long run stance. Mm-hmm. Some of our clients, um, our founding clients up in Sunshine Coast, they have a ten year period exceeding twenty seven years.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So and yes. that's where the pride comes in. Absolutely, is because we've been able to grab those buildings on inception, on inception and we've been able to assist the owners as they come and go to retain the value in those places and make sure that they're always maintained to the level that I would expect. Absolutely. Okay.
0: And uh, would you also say, I mean, a a vision statement and having a document like you have, um, it's almost an extension of of your business plan and what's going in that. Absolutely. Um, As business advisors, having a documented business plan is is essential. So having something that um, I guess you could say – forms into that and also works with it quite well is is equally as important
1: absolutely and and not everybody um can identify with a full business plan Mm -hmm. you know there's parts of it that does that do get renewed quite often there's there's risks and you know we're talking about short run and perceived and unperceived risks that are that are present in every market yes um so, you know, yes, you have to um, have a fixed point and a, and a plan, but also be agile enough to change that as and when required.
0: Absolutely. Okay. And in terms of looking at uh, a staff cohort and your employees and making sure that they uh, are empowered to, to make the decisions and, and obviously represent the business um, to, to their full full ability, is having an, an employee empowerment program something that's formalized, is that dependent on whether you're an SME organization or whether you're a large organization and, and what types of things can be involved in that employee empowerment program?
1: So we uh, don't have a documented Empowerment program, mm-hmm. but we talk about um, we talk about our human capital as the most essential investment that we make in the business. Absolutely, and and in terms of empowering them, we give them the tools mm-hmm. to be able to be the face of the business. And any uh, you know, if we have a building at risk, and then they're able to uh, fix the problems and, and keep them on for another another year or three year tenure. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Then that's publicly celebrated. Mm-hmm. Every time we have a compliment that comes in that reflects the core values that we that we promote, that's publicly valued, and, and those people are raised up. Terrific. So it's it, and it's all about asking them. We we had a. Um, We have fortnightly training on on a myriad of different aspects. So a lot of it's legislative, Mm -hmm. um, some of it's new process um, that we're developing. When we, um, as you know, uh, sharing an office, yes, we have we have uh, uh, we have invested in our um, video and telecon conferencing. Uh, uh, equipment yeah. to be able to ensure that we can hold um, virtual meetings of up to 250 participants. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're gearing for the future for that. And so we we might have a, a training session on that. But what we've also started to include are things like, and this was on Wednesday just gone, so mm-hmm. yesterday, on, um, on on positive mental health. Okay. So because we deal with a lot of conflict, What are the things that you can do in your day to to be able to be prepared, positive, to be able to give the best version of yourself that day? And I I think that's quite unique from a strata company's perspective is that we we also get professionals in to train on what are some coping strategies on risk mitigation, what are some coping strategies on, um, on conflict resolution, but also what can you do as an individual to make sure that... It's you, sort of enjoying your role. Yeah, absolutely. And being able to deal with the pressures of, of everyday work, absolutely. let alone everyday work in Strata. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's um it's actually funny that you mentioned us uh, sharing the same office because I've seen you sort of uh, about the office and, and really checking in with employees and, and making them feel welcome and, and getting to know them on an individual level as well. And I think on top of um, what you're saying there about the training programs and um, the equipment uh, that you – the, the infrastructure that you're investing in yes um just getting to know them on an individual level on a personal level is is just as powerful and as I say I've I've seen you across the office and Mm -hmm. um you you do that terrifically so it's really brilliant to see
1: that's lovely to hear I I know that sometimes um it's it's not the common way uh to to lead but I know that all of the great leaders that I've had um the 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 joy to be around. One that comes to mind is um, Mr. Paul Sweeney, who mm-hmm. was the S of the SV that I worked for for a long time. Right? Who, um, who unfortunately has has passed away. Um, he was so charismatic, and he knew he just knew a few things about everyone. And it didn't matter what you did in the job. And I always thought, oh, I'm never going to leave here. This guy's amazing. So I, I must credit that that behaviour to to Mr. Sweeney. Terrific. <laughs>
0: um, and You mentioned earlier as well well about uh, the traditional method of of an employee empowerment uh, historically has been financial and a monetary incentive. Do you think in today's growing business environment and how it's evolved, is that still something that is... Equally as, as sought after by employees, or do you think there has now been a, a really great shift towards more of the intangibles um, as, um, as incentives?
1: Look, money's always going to be important. Um, what we've done is we've put up a business model where it is uh, as we grow, you grow so it's based on percentages. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one that has a contact and you've got in a new building, then you get something for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is, it's becoming less... 9010 which it was right. to, to to lower down to maybe 6040 because having that quality of life being able to you know pick up your kids or go to the the, the soccer carnival or the swimming carnival mm-hmm. that's just as important absolutely to have that balance in life and still be able to be rewarded to the value in which you you find that if you're able to give people flexibility within the normal work hours they put that time they give that time tenfold back outside of work hours Mm -hmm. and and that's what you're seeing is that yes you can come and go but if the work doesn't get done people get found out anyway so this this big brother mentality it really isn't required because if you don't do the work there's no result so therefore you can't share in the reward absolutely so that's our business model and it works uh, I would say 95% of the time and that's probably the most you could expect from a business model
0: (laughs) I guess the other thing as well as it, it forms back into your values, and, and one of the key ones that I'm looking at now is, is trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying there, in terms of the, the work-life balance, it does come down to trust and having that flexibility. So it's really yeah. great to see that that's um, that that's there, and and people are uh, are using that wisely and, and really investing equally um, in their work and their profession, yeah. um, but also in that that balance outside of work as
1: well and i think that gives um a lot of job security mm-hmm. which takes away from that unnecessary time that people fret Yeah. so you know as it and and it comes back to again if the result isn't there you, you know and that's the empowering part as well you can make those decisions but you know if, if you make a negative decision, then the result won't be there. So therefore, you can't share in the reward. That's right.
0: Terrific. Okay. And just finally as well, uh, as you mentioned, you, you joined uh, Archer's 12 months ago, February. <laughs> uh, you spoke uh, a little bit there about some of the things that you've brought into play um, since uh, your arrival. For SME businesses out there, would you say that there's three core strategies that they could implement not this afternoon but you know in the short term that gets them started on this journey and, and making sure that they are um are taking the time to invest in those areas for their business
1: sure um look i i there's there's a myriad of things that i could talk to um I, I would say pick your leaders. Mm-hmm. So who are your key influencers? Not who's the person that works the hardest, who's been there the longest, Who's your key influencer? Because that's the person you need to be able to put your time into because they're they're going to be able to really drive home your message when it comes to culture. I would make sure that you ha- as a second item, make sure you have all your risk, cover it off as far as you can so for example privacy policy notifiable data breaches ensure that your data is secure within your system do you need multi-factor authentication when people are when you're holding your clients data depending on what type of business you are Mm -hmm. um, because one event can knock you out absolutely yes so um, know your risks and if you don't know your risks Pay for someone to tell you your risks. So, one, get your influencer so you can build your positive culture. Two, know your risks and cover them off. And and three, what's your point? What's your dot on the horizon? So, if you don't know where you're heading, you can't get there. Mm -hmm. So, if you're just like, I just want to make more money, that's not good enough you got to challenge yourself. So what is it that you stand for as a business? What makes you different? And where do you want to go? If you can't answer those simple questions, get out of business. (laughs) <laughs> i love that no, those
0: those three are really powerful um, oh, thank you and i think a lot of businesses out there will, will look to those for, for advice and guidance because those are at the end um, of the day the, the really core areas that you need to be addressing yeah. um, and if you're addressing those correctly that long-term growth that long-term um, progression again maybe is uh, for leaders but but also the mm-hmm. business as a whole that's going to keep going and it's going to keep you in a very strong position
1: yeah for Foundations are really important. I think they're not sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I went into a lot of insolvency restructuring and they'd be like, right, we've got this great business idea we can do all of this. And it's like, yeah, but we don't have enough money to pay wages this week. You know, so we need to make sure we've got the contracts in place and, you know, I think foundations are sexy (laughs) because without them you can't can't really genuinely grow. It's a false economy. So, you know, SMEs are are the backbone of Australia. You know, I think that there's, well, when I last looked at research when I was in in insolvency and and dealing with a lot of SMEs, a lot of them fail within the first three years. Yes. Um, They make up 99% of our um, business uh, sector. Yeah. So. So incredibly important, however, the market's very volatile, which is why Liquidator's Uh, work a lot in SME markets Um, but you know it's very important to get your basics right and and once you do that sky's the limit
0: absolutely absolutely onwards and upwards (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I guess just finally as well in terms of listeners out there uh, if they do need assistance with their their body corporate um, matters how would they get in touch with with arches how would they get in touch with yourself Um, what's sort of the best way for them to to do so
1: sure thank you thank you for letting me have a plug um, look we've uh, we've just revamped our, our website and it is arches the strata professionals when you just um, click it in there we've got six offices across Queensland um, I work in the Brisbane office and my mobile number and direct line is on the website um, we also have a an initiative for the industry called smart strata and it's an educational um, educational area where we try and put uh, uh, we, we have all of our suppliers that we utilize throughout maintenance or advice with with strata communities have a lot of educational um uh, articles on there from, mm-hmm. from all of our suppliers that, that are on there and we try to collaborate. Um, we also do a lot of seminars about educating people that may have just come into community living. Yes. Um, and, and we do that under our Smart Strata banner as well. So check us out online. Um, I'm always available. I always answer my phone even if I don't know the number. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wish I didn't. <laughs> and um, and we're very happy to 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 be a customer-centric business that will help you with all your strata needs.
0: Terrific. No, that's um, that's really great to hear. And and again, I guess if people are out there looking for assistance in that matter, um, definitely check check you guys out. Yeah. So um, I really wanted to say thank you for, for taking the time to, to sit down and do this because it's, uh, well, as I say, it's the first uh, of the series for us and to have you on here um, talking about something that you're very passionate about um, is really great to hear and, and the advice that you've given and um, some of the thoughts leadership that you've given as well I think is going to be really powerful to to business out there so thank you very much for that
1: that's our pleasure Chris and uh thanks for for inviting Archers to to be a part of your initiative I know Archer Gallen do a lot of great uh financial work for our strata communities and I uh, wish you all the best
0: for anyone listening seeking accounting taxation and business advisory support please feel free to get in contact with Archer Gallen Chartered Accountants Led by Ian Walker and Smiljan Jankovic, we're a Brisbane-based accounting firm with offices in the Brisbane CBD and the Gold Coast. You can get in contact with us via our website, archergallum.com.au, our social media platforms, or by phone on 7 2699